وَمَنْ كَفَرَ And whoever disbelieved, فَلَا يَحْزُنْكَ فَلَا Then not, يَحْزُنْكَ It should grieve you. كُفْرُهُ His disbelief. Meaning the truth is evident. The truth is evident. The Prophet ﷺ is being comforted over here. You're doing your job. You are conveying. But still if people dispute about Allah with you, still they don't surrender to Allah, still they oppose you, then their kufr should not grieve you. It's not your fault. It should not make you sad. It's not your fault. إِلَيْنَا مَرْجِعُهُمْ To us is their return. فَنُنَبِّئُهُمْ Then we shall inform them. بِمَا عَمِلُوا Of that which they did. We will inform them of their actions. Because so many times it happens that a person is doing something and he doesn't even think about the repercussions. Right? We do it and we forget it. But Allah will inform people about the reality of their actions. Inna Allaha, indeed Allah, alimun, He is knowing, bidatil sudur of that which is within the hearts, within the chests. Allah knows what people conceal in their hearts. And it's amazing. The feelings, the intentions, the hidden agendas, right? All of that, people might be ignorant of it. Others may be ignorant of it. But who knows? Allah knows. And this is something so frightening that the person sitting next to us may not have any idea about what we're thinking. They may have no clue about what, where our thoughts are, right? What our intentions are, what our, you know, likes, dislikes, whatever. But who knows about it? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows. So the Prophet ﷺ is being comforted over here that do not fear your enemy. Don't worry about what they say to you and what they hide in their hearts. Don't worry about what they do to you and the plans that they have in their minds. Don't worry. Don't fear. Ultimately, they're coming back to us. So you stay focused on what you are supposed to do. نُمَتِّعُهُمْ We shall grant them enjoyment قَلِيلًا A little A little enjoyment for a little time We will give them Meaning we will let them live in this world And isn't that what happened? At the time of the Prophet ﷺ Don't we see that? Abu Jahl Did he not live a fun life? An arrogant life? He had a lot of fun mocking at the Prophet ﷺ He really enjoyed oppressing the Muslims Persecuting the Muslims Fighting against the Muslims, he did. Numatiruhum qalilan, but it's a little enjoyment for a little time. Summanatarruhum, then we will force them ila adabin ghalil to a massive punishment. Ghalil, ghalil ghain lam va, to be hard or severe. So ghalil, incredibly severe, incredibly difficult, incredibly painful, and heavy punishment. So this ayah is basically you know, something that should make us think about our actions. That so many times we continue, for instance, hurting other individuals, harassing them, verbally abusing them. We go on doing it just because we can. But what does this ayah show? That just because we have freedom now, we will not have it forever. We will not have it forever. And this is... You know, the greatest reality in our lives. Don't we see people, don't we see hospitals that are full? Don't we see, you know, people who need medication, people who are going through surgery after surgery, who were once very happy, very free? 
What does it show to us? Our life is very short. Very, very short. Our abilities are very, very limited. Let's use them to benefit humanity, not destroy humanity. Let's use this life, this time, for something that will benefit others, not harm them. Because ultimately we will return to Allah. وَلَئِن سَأَلْتَهُمْ And surely if you were to ask them, who? Those who deny. Those who oppose. If you were to question them, that مَنْ خَلَقَ السَّمَاوَاتِ وَالْأَرْضَ Who is it that has created the skies and the earth? لَيَقُولُنَّ اللَّهِ Surely they will definitely say it is Allah. Because remember the mushrikeen of Makkah, they didn't deny the existence of Allah. Alright? They believed that Allah exists. What was the problem? What was the problem then? With their belief. That instead of worshipping Allah alone, they worshipped others. And that is pure injustice. That Allah is the one who created you. Allah is the one who's given you everything. And when it comes to servitude, you don't show that to Him. You show that to others. When it comes to expressing love and gratitude and devotion, you don't show that to Allah, you show it to others. So if you were to ask them, that who is it that created the skies and the earth, they will say Allah. قُلْ say Alhamdulillah. All praise is due to Allah. When is it that you say Alhamdulillah? Hmm? Okay, when something good happens? When you get a blessing? Okay, when your efforts, your work is recognized? Okay. When else do you say Alhamdulillah? When you feel satisfied? When you feel happy? Right? So, why do you think over here, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is telling the Prophet wasallam, say Alhamdulillah when the people say that Allah is the one who has created the skies and the earth. That at least they know this much. It's like when you are discussing something with someone, proving something to them, and they agree with you, like, thank God. At least you get this much. Alhamdulillah. Imagine how much worse it would be if you didn't even understand this much. Hmm? So, قُلِ الْحَمْدُ Say, Alhamdulillah. And Alhamdulillah, why else? Because, yes, He is the one who has created the skies and the earth. Argument is established over here. بَلْ أَكْثَرُهُمْ Allah says, but most of them, لَا يَعْلَمُونَ They don't know. They say that Allah is the Creator. But they don't really know that. Because if they knew it, if they understood this fact, then they wouldn't do shirk. Then they wouldn't live their lives in disobedience to Allah. They wouldn't associate partners with Allah. بَلْ أَكْثَرُهُمْ لَا يَعْلَمُونَ and this is the reason why they are not grateful to Allah. They don't worship Him. So they're saying this, how? With ignorance. And this is something that we really need to pay attention to. They say that Allah is the Creator, but they say this statement with what? With ignorance. Now we need to think about it. How many times we say Alhamdulillah, but do we really mean it? Do we really understand it? How many times we say, I love Allah. I love the Prophet ﷺ. How many times we say, I believe in fate. How many times we say, I believe in the Qur'an. I know the Qur'an is true. But do we really understand it? It's very easy to say statements. 
It's very easy to say that. Many things. Don't we see children doing that all the time? Right? Doesn't it happen that, you know, little kids, you will tell them, okay, we're going to the hospital, two rules. No running, no talking loudly, right? But then what happens? As soon as they see a hallway, they cannot help themselves and they start running and off, they're gone. And then when you get to them, you remind them, remember the rules? What are the rules? No running, no screaming. They're saying it. They will repeat it, but they will repeat it without any knowledge. Birds, you can teach them how to talk. And they will talk to you. They will talk a lot. So much so that you will want them to be quiet. But they say it, how? Without knowledge. They don't know what they're saying. So we really need to think about it, that what I say in my du'as, what I say in my salah, what I recite of the Qur'an, whatever words I say related to my faith, do I really know what I'm saying? Do I say them with knowledge, with understanding, with certainty, with conviction? Or am I just saying it because I heard somebody else say it? Remember the hadith about Al-Fattan, the angel that will test people in the grave, Munkar Nakir, hmm? who will ask the three questions. So some among people, when they will be asked, who is your Lord? Who is your prophet? What is your religion? Their response will be, I heard people saying this, so I also said it. I heard people saying it, so I also said it. And what is it that he will be told? La darayta. You never learnt. You never understood. You said it with ignorance. So it's not accepted. Your answer is not accepted. So we need to pay attention to this. What I say, do I really understand it? Do I really mean it? بَلْ أَكْثَرُهُمْ لَا يَعْلَمُونَ لِلَّهِ To Allah belongs. مَا فِي السَّمَاوَاتِ Whatever that is in the skies. وَالْأَرْضِ And the earth also. إِنَّ اللَّهَ Indeed Allah. هُوَ الْغَنِيُّ الْحَمِيدِ He is the free of need, the praiseworthy. Allah is al-ghani. Who is ghani? One who is rich. He is so rich that everything that you see, everything that exists belongs to who? Allah. And He is so rich that there's so much creation that He has created, but He doesn't need anybody. He doesn't need anything. In fact, He is constantly giving, not in need of receiving. This is Al-Ghani. And because He is constantly giving, even though people are not thanking Him enough, He is Al-Hamid, He is praiseworthy. He is deserving of praise. So, إِنَّ اللَّهَ هُوَ الْغَنِيُّ الْحَمِيدِ Indeed, Allah, He alone is the free of need because He has created this entire creation and He does not need this creation. And He is Hamid, He is praiseworthy because He has given His creation whatever that they are in need of. So He is deserving of praise. How much praise? So much that walaw and if anama indeed whatever whatever fil ardi in the earth min shajaratin of trees min over here gives the meaning of umum generality meaning every kind of tree every single tree from the beginning of the creation of trees until the last tree that will be created on the earth. 
from every single tree without exception all these trees that are there on the earth if from these trees were aqlam pens aqlam is a plural of qalam now just think about it one tree how many pens can you make from one tree how many too many i mean from a branch also can't you make pens you can right basically for a pen you need a stick that's it right so imagine if the entire wood that is on this earth was turned into pens and with that pen something is written what is written the words of allah the praises of allah and wal bahru and the sea meaning the sea was ink so basically all this water that is there that was turned into ink and all the water and all the wood is used to write the praises of allah subhanahu wa ta'ala now one pen if you think about it can you use it over and over again can you recycle pens wooden pens you can right because if for example if it gets chipped just cut it make a new nib and start writing again isn't it but ink once it runs out it runs out you have to purchase a new bottle of ink i don't know if you've ever used ink pens but when i went to school we couldn't use anything except for ink pens all right and some ink pens literally they were so good you could use them for the whole year for the whole year and actually you could use them for multiple years if they were good ink pens okay but in one year we would go through so many ink bottles i miss those ink bottles but anyway ink you can run out of it but a pen you can use over and over again so if all the trees were turned into pens and the sea was used as ink but of course you would run out of that ink so the seas would finish right they would be exhausted but allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says that yamudduhu it replenishes it yamuddu madda yamuddu is to replenish meaning when something runs out you replenish it so for example a glass of water once you finish it what do you do you get a refill okay so yamudduhu it replenishes it min ba'dihi after it after what after the seas meaning the original seas that exist in the world once they run out how many would replenish it sab'atu abhur seven seas abhur plural of the word bahr so if whatever trees upon the earth were pens and the sea replenished mim ba'dihi meaning after the exhaustion of the seas that exist right now if they were replenished by seven more seas sab'atu abhur would that be enough no the seas would run out the pens would break but ma not nafidat it would be exhausted what kalimatullah words of allah nafidat from the word nafad to run out to wear out to be used up the pens would be used up the seas would be used up seven times multiply that that would be used up but the words of allah they would never finish 
because in Allah, indeed Allah, He is Aziz, He is exalted in might, He is Hakim, He is wise. So many are Allah's kalimat. Kalimat is a plural of kalima. What are these kalimat? These kalimat includes the orders, the commands of Allah. So for example, kun. This includes the words of His praise, meaning the praise that He is deserving of. This includes His knowledge, His wonders, His attributes, everything that He has ordered to be written in the lawhul mahfuz, which is basically the detail of the entire creation. And if Allah's kalimat, if Allah is to be praised, and that praise is to be written, you would run out of every resource that you could come up with, but Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala would be deserving of more praise. Because He is mighty and He is wise. To write the praises of Allah, to write the words of Allah that reflect His might, that reflect His attributes, that reflect His majesty, even this much ink is not enough. If you think about it, all that has ever been written till today, Hmm? All that has ever been written till today. Have all the trees been used up? No. Has all the water been used up for writing? No. So just imagine how much writing exists in this world today. Can we possibly read all the books that are out there? No, we can't. Can we possibly read all the paper that is printed every day? Newspaper? No, we can't. It's so much. So everything that is written, that is a fraction of what is being spoken about in this ayah. Just think about that. Everything that is written is a small, tiny fraction of what is being mentioned in this ayah. مَن نَفِدَتْ كَلِمَاتُ Allah. Then can we ever thank Allah enough? Can we ever praise Allah enough? Can we ever worship Allah enough? No, we cannot. In Allah Azizun Hakim. This is why Allah tells us in Ayatul Kursi, Wala yuhiyutuna bi shayim min ilmihi illa bimasha. The reality is that we have not recognized Allah. We really haven't. We think we know him, but we don't actually know him. We think we have done justice to believing in him and to thanking him and to worshipping him, but in reality we have not. Because what Allah is deserving of is much more than we could ever produce in our entire lives. What Allah deserves is much more than what we can accomplish in our lives. We can never thank Him enough. This is why we learn in hadith that on the day of judgment when the scales will be placed, such huge scales that literally the entire skies and the earth could be put in those scales. Can you imagine the size of those scales? Bigger than this universe. And when the angels will see that, they will ask Allah that, Oh Allah, whose deeds are you going to weigh in this? And Allah will say, Whoever I want from my creation. And the angels will say, Subhanaka ma abadanaka haqqa ibadatika. Perfect are you, we have not done justice to worshipping you. We have not worshipped you the way you deserve to be worshipped. And who, who is it that's saying this? It's the angels. And who are the angels? Who from the moment of their 
birth, meaning from the time that they were created until the day of judgment, what are they doing basically? Every single moment, every single second, what are they doing? Worshipping Allah. They're doing tasbih of Allah. يُسَبِّحُونَ اللَّيْلَ وَالنَّهَارُ لَا يَفْتُرُونَ They glorify Allah night and day. They don't stop. They don't get tired. They don't get bored. They don't take a break. And even that is not enough. Because مَا نَفِدَتْ كَلِمَاتُ اللَّهِ The words of Allah, that the words of praise that He deserves, they could never be enough. The Prophet ﷺ he taught us a dua. The Prophet ﷺ, he said that when anyone lands at a place, meaning at a new place, and then he says, أَعُوذُ بِكَلِمَاتِ اللَّهِ التَّامَّاتِ مِنْ شَرِّ مَا خَلَقْ That I seek refuge in the most perfect words of Allah from the evil of that which He has created, then nothing will harm him until he leaves that place. There are so many, so powerful, so honorable that we have been taught to seek refuge through what? Seek protection through what? Through mentioning the words of Allah. Kalimat of Allah. The words of His knowledge, describing His attributes, praising and glorifying Allah. This is who Allah is. Ma khalqukum. So powerful He is, so aziz, so hakim He is, that ma not, khalqukum, your creation, wala and nor, ba'athukum, your resurrection. And notice, kum, kum is who, all of you. Creating all of you, and then once you die, resurrecting all of you is nothing to Allah, illa except, kanafsim wahida, like one soul. Creating all of you is as easy for Allah as creating one person. Resurrecting all of you is as easy for Allah as resurrecting one person. كَنَفْسٍ وَاحِدًا إِنَّ اللَّهَ سَمِيعٌ بَصِيرٌ Indeed, Allah is hearing everything that is heard and He is seeing of everything that is seen. So basically the numbers, the quantity, it doesn't matter to Allah. One thing does not distract Him from another. One thing does not occupy him, preoccupy him so that he doesn't have time for another. He is Samir, he is Basid. How many people he is listening to at the same time? How many people make dua? You know when you're standing in jama'ah, I don't know about you, but I think about this, that the person sitting next to me, they're also praying and Allah is listening to them. And Allah is also listening to me. So I feel that there is a competition over here. You know, really there is a competition. My salah should be better than this person standing next to me. You know, no offense, but that's what I want. Allah is Samir. He is Basir. Why do you doubt His power? Why do you doubt His ability? Do you even know who your Lord is? In Surah Yasin, Ayah 82, Allah says, إِنَّمَا أَمْرُهُ إِذَا أَرَادَ شَيْئًا أَن يَقُولَ لَهُ كُنْ فَيَكُونَ Alam tara, do you not see Allah, that indeed Allah يُولِجُ اللَّيْلَ He admits the night into what? Finnahar into the day. Not that the day has to go first and then the night will come. So there is a gap in the middle. No, there's no gap in the middle. The day is there and what happens? The night is admitted into the day. So gradually what happens? The night overpowers the day. Yuliju. Walaja. 
Waulam Jim. Wuluj is to enter into a narrow place. Alright? And Yuliju, he, he makes to enter. So he makes the night enter into the day. وَيُولِجُ النَّهَارَ فِي اللَّيْلِ And he makes the day enter into the night. And so the cycle continues. Gradually one takes over the other. وَسَخَّرَ الشَّمْسَ وَالْقَمَرَ And he has subjected the sun and the moon. كُلٌّ all, Meaning the sun, the moon, the night, the day. يَجْرِي It flows. Each of these celestial bodies, the sun and the moon, what are they doing? They're flowing. Meaning they're moving. They're continuing on their course. Ila until ajalim musamma. A fixed term. A time that is appointed. Ajalim musamma. And what is this ajalim musamma? That each celestial body is running its course for a specified term. Meaning until the term of their expiry. And what is that? The day of judgment. وَأَنَّ اللَّهَ And indeed Allah بِمَا تَعْمَلُونَ With whatever you do, He is khabir. He is fully aware. He is fully acquainted. So many things are happening in this universe. Every single second, every single moment. Think about it. Right now, you know, there's rain probably falling somewhere. There's snow falling somewhere. There's probably a bird that is flying. There's probably a snail that is crawling somewhere. There's probably a person who's sleeping, a person who's eating, a person who is walking, a person who is talking, a person who is writing, a person who is doing something else. So many things are going on in this world, in this universe, every single moment. And who has knowledge of that at all times? Allah. This is who Allah is. We think we know Him. And we think we have done justice to worshipping Him and obeying Him. But in all honesty, we have not. أَنَّ اللَّهَ بِمَا تَعْمَلُونَ خَبِيرٌ ذَلِكَ That is. Meaning how is this possible? That He's making the day come, the night come, the sun, the moon, each is working in its course, going in its course, and Allah is aware of everything. That is بِأَنَّ اللَّهَ Because indeed Allah هو الحق. He is the true one. He makes all of this happen. He knows all of this because He is the real God. He is الحق. He is the true, the true God. He is the truth, meaning He is there. He is making all this happen. He is the one, the only one deserving of worship. Wa and indeed, ma yaduuna, whatever they call upon, mindunihi besides Allah, what is it? It is al-baatil. It is falsehood. It's not God. It is not. What is it then? It is creation. And when it is the creation, it is weak. It can't do anything. Weak. So don't worship it. Worship who? وَأَنَّ اللَّهَ هُوَ الْعَلِيُّ الْكَبِيرِ And that indeed Allah, He alone is الْعَلِيُّ الْكَبِيرِ Who is الْعَلِيُّ? الْعَلِيُّ is the one who has عُلُو Highness. The one who is high. Meaning the one who is above everything. There is nothing except that it is under Allah. He is Ali. And He is Kabir, the great, the grand. Meaning, He is greater than everything. He is high above everything, and He is greater than everything. This is why we say, Allahu Akbar. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Why do we say that over and over again? 
to remind ourselves of Allah's greatness. There's nothing even close to being like Him. How could there be something equal to Him? Then, And if that is not the case, then how could something deserve my worship? It's not correct. أَلَمْ تَرَ أَنَّ الْفُلْكَ تَجْرِي فِي الْبَحْرِ بِنِعْمَةِ اللَّهِ Do you not see that ships sail through the sea, through the water, by the favor of Allah? Meaning it is only Allah's blessing on you that ships can sail. If Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala did not allow that, ships would never ever sail. Because isn't it amazing that something as small as a pin would sink? Right? The moment it touches water, what happens to it? It sinks. But a huge, massive ship that is loaded with tons and tons of weight, what will happen to it? It will float. It will sail. So, تَجْرِي فِي الْبَحْرِ بِنِعْمَةِ اللَّهِ It is only Allah's blessing that ships sail. And بِنِعْمَةِ اللَّهِ Meaning the ships are carrying Allah's blessings for you. Meaning it's because of this travel through water, because of which trade is possible, so that even in the winter you can enjoy fruits and vegetables of summertime. Right? You can still have carrots and celery and broccoli and whatnot, even though the place that you live at is covered in snow. Isn't it amazing? I mean, when I go to the grocery store, honestly, because I grew up in Pakistan, right? So there you would only get seasonal fruits. Okay? If So for example, if it's watermelon season all you'll find is just watermelon, right? And then you won't see it for the whole year, literally. I don't know how things are now, but when I was little, this is how things were. Peaches you could only get at, at certain times of the year. But here it's amazing. You go any time of the year and you'll find basically whatever that you want, right? So this is possible because of what? Because of trade. And trade would not have been possible if travel was not possible. And travel not just through land, but also through Water and also through air. So, binirmatillahi, who's facilitating all of this for you? It is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. لِيُرِيَكُمْ min ayatihi, So that He may show you of His signs. min ajaibihi, Meaning His amazing wonders that you can witness only when you are at sea. You cannot witness these ayat if you're not at sea, if you don't travel by sea. إِنَّ فِي ذَلِكَ لَآيَاتِ لِكُلِّ صَبَّارٍ شَكُورٍ But all of these ayat, these wonders, these amazing signs, these amazing life lessons can only be gained by who? Those who are extremely patient and those who are extremely grateful. Now, ships... They sail through the sea, and over here, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, لِيُرِيَكُمْ مِنْ آيَاتِهِ When ships sail through the sea, they show you Allah's ayat, Allah's amazing signs, His wonders. What ayat do we see, do we learn when we go on ships, when we travel through water? What are the ayat that we witness? Think about it. What are the amazing signs, the amazing things that happen that we witness at sea? Has anybody gone boating on a ship, maybe canoeing even? Yeah? Just the fact that you're traveling on water and right underneath you is like so much life and so many creatures that you don't even know about and how deep the water is. It's hidden. Literally it's hidden. I mean... Water is clear if you think about it. It's so clear. You see through it. But at sea, 
What do you see beyond that blue carpet that's beneath the ship? What do you see? Nothing. Hardly anything. You never know there may be a whole lot of sharks beneath you, a whole lot of whales or fish or whatever beneath you, but you can't see. But they're there. Isn't it? So what does this show to us? That there are things that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has created. They exist, they are there, but they are beyond our vision. Some things are zahira and others are batin. It's like there is a veil of the unseen. Go ahead. It's like the illusion of depth. Like you could be on a huge like expanse of water or whatever and it could be like really shallow and you would never know. Like I remember I went kayaking once and I was so far away from like the edge of the water and still I got stuck. I got stuck in the mud underneath and I had to get out of my kayak to <laughs> like get unstuck. Yes, that's true. See, the first thing that I mentioned earlier that so many things that are smaller than ships, they will sink, right? But ships will sail. They will float. They won't sink unless they're broken, right? Or they're, or water's coming in and eventually they drown. So life, just as ships sail only because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has created, you know, the laws of physics such, right? That permit the sailing of ships. Life can only exist when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has allowed it to exist. Ships could not sail if Allah did not allow. Likewise, life cannot exist without Allah's permission. The sailing of ships is entirely Allah's gift. Life is also entirely Allah's gift. Another thing we see is that at sea, you know, for example, ships are sailing, winds, they really affect the speed, the direction, don't they? They do. Now sometimes you might feel that the winds that are blowing are against against your favor. You want to go in a particular direction and the winds are not blowing in that direction. They're not in your favor basically. Right? But even the most unfavorable winds can be turned into favorable winds if you set your sails right. Isn't it? If you set them right... And you have to learn. It's a whole skill. It's an entire science, literally. I remember we were in New York once. We went to the, what is it? The water over there? I don't know what it is. Anyway, so over there, they were literally teaching lessons on how to use ships, boats that have sails. It's a whole science, literally. You have to know how to set your sails right if you want the winds to be in your advantage. Because every time they're not going to blow the way you want them to. Likewise, in life, things will happen that are not necessarily in your favor. Or so they may seem that they're not in your favor. But if you set your sails right, then what will happen? Everything will turn in your favor. And what are your sails? It's your thinking. It's your approach. It's your actions. It's what you do. Then another important thing that we learn at sea is that if you think about it, the sea, I mean any body of water, it's so huge. Isn't it? If you don't have a goal, if you don't have a direction to which you're headed to, you could get lost very easily. There's plenty of space to roam around, to wander around. Isn't it? And in life also, there's plenty of you know roaming and wandering around that you can do. Exactly. You could 
waste your life, you could waste your time, but that will be destructive. I don't know about you, but I remember when I first uh, learned how to drive, I was like, I want to go here and I want to go there. Let me explore what's on this street and let me explore what's on that road. And I was like, why? I really had to control myself because it's not like you can just go. The car is using gas, right? And your time is going into it. So yes, there's plenty of things that you can do, but you better have a goal when you go out. Isn't it? Otherwise, you'll end up wasting your time. You'll end up wasting your life. Ships do not sink because of the water around them. Uh, ships sink because of the water that gets in them. Yes. So do not let what's happening around you get inside you and wave you down. Very true. Ships do not sink because of the water that is around them. They sink because of the water that gets inside them. So in life, there are many risks, many dangers, many crazy things that are going on, but don't let them get to you. Don't let them get to you. And like we discussed earlier, that the winds, they're not in your control, right? These gusts are not in your control. You have to set your sails right. Assalamualaikum. Sometimes the water seems very harmless and you might want to go for a swim. Uh, one of my friend's husband, he would go in Florida every weekend on the beach and he would take his little baby and teach her how to swim. And one day, I don't know, the baby was crying. He brought the baby back and gave to the mom and suddenly he got pulled in. And nobody knows how. It seems so harmless. And she lost her husband in that. His body was floating a little while later. At sea, there are also many dangers from above, from around, from beneath, isn't it? And for your protection, what do you have to stay in? Your ship, right? For your safety. In life also there are many dangers, and we have to take shelter with what? With that which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given us. The deen that He has given us. The ways of ta'awud that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given us. We have to use them in order to go through this life in safety and in security. So Allah has placed many signs, but only those with sabr and shukr will notice these signs. Hmm? At sea, what do you need? Sabr. Until what? Until you get your catch. So for example, if you go fishing, have you ever gone fishing? Not necessarily in the middle of the sea, but anywhere. When you go fishing, I remember once we went as a family. okay. And after a little while, the boys who were really adamant about catching some fish, they said, please take the kids away. Take the kids away, you guys go home, we'll bring the fish. Why? Because the kids kept making noise. And because of the noise, all right, every time something would happen, the fish, they couldn't catch them. They really couldn't. So we had to leave and then finally in the evening they brought the fish. So see you have to have sabr until you get your catch. Right? If you don't have sabr, if you want to catch your fish immediately, the moment you put your net in, the moment you put your fishing rod, whatever in, right? You want the fish immediately, you don't have sabr, you're going to go with nothing. Right? The journey on sea is also very different. It's longer. It takes many days sometimes when you're crossing an, an ocean, a big river. It could take many hours. It could take days. It could take weeks. Isn't it? So for that, also for that journey, you need sabr. You can't give up in the middle. 
That would be foolishness if you give up in the middle. And yes, it's very difficult. You feel seasick and, and all of that, but you have to have sabr until you reach your destination. And this is what is needed in life also. When you set your goal, there are going to be challenges. There are going to be difficulties. But don't be foolish. Don't give up. Keep going, keep going. You need sabr until you get to your destination. And once you get to your destination, you achieve your goal, then what is it that you need? Shukr. Gratitude to Allah. Because it is only by Allah's gift that you were able to get there. If Allah didn't allow you, you would not have survived that journey. You would not have completed that journey. So many things could have happened along the way to literally destroy you. I mean, if you think about it, a car accident, yes, it's bad. Train accident, yes, it's bad. But an accident at sea, it's life-threatening basically. We have seen in recent years how many people have died at sea. Isn't it? How many people have lost their lives? One accident is enough to literally destroy. So once we get to our destination, once we achieve something, then no pride over there, only gratitude to who? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So, إِنَّ فِي ذَلِكَ لَآيَاتِ لِكُلِّ صَبَّارٍ شَكُورٍ Sabr, through the journey, and shukr, on getting to your destination. Recitation. وَمَنْ كَفَرَ فَلَا يَحْزُنْكَ كُفْرُهُ إِلَيْنَا مَرْجِعُهُمْ فَنُنَبِّئُهُمْ بِمَا عَمِلُوا إِنَّ اللَّهَ عَلِيمٌ بِذَاتِ الصُّدُورِ نُمَتِّعُهُمْ قَلِيلًا ثُمَّ نَضْطَرُّهُمْ إِلَى عَذَابٍ غَلِيظٍ وَلَئِن سَأَلْتَهُم مَّنْ خَلَقَ السَّمَاوَاتِ وَالْأَرْضَ لَيَقُولُنَّ اللَّهُ قُلِ الْحَمْدُ لِلَّهِ بَلْ أَكْثَرُهُمْ لَا يَعْلَمُونَ لِلَّهِ مَا فِي السَّمَاوَاتِ وَالْأَرْضِ إِنَّ اللَّهَ هُوَ الْغَنِيُّ الْحَمِيدُ وَلَوْ أَنَّمَا فِي الْأَرْضِ مِنْ شَجَرَةٍ أَقْلَامٌ وَالْبَحْرُ يَمُدُّهُ مِنْ بَعْدِهِ سَبْعَةُ أَبْحُرٍ مَا نَفِدَتْ كَلِمَاتُ اللَّهِ إِنَّ اللَّهَ عَزِيزٌ حَكِيمٌ مَا خَلْقُكُمْ وَلَا بَعْثُكُمْ إِلَّا كَنَفْسٍ وَاحِدَةٍ إِنَّ اللَّهَ سَمِيعٌ بَصِيرٌ أَلَمْ تَرَ أَنَّ اللَّهَ يُولِجُ اللَّيْلَ فِي النَّهَارِ وَيُولِجُ نَهَارَ فِي اللَّيْلِ وَسَخَّرَ الشَّمْسَ وَالْقَمَرَ وَسَخَّرَ الشَّمْسَ وَالْقَمَرَ كُلٌّ يَجْرِي إِلَى أَجَلٍ مُّسَمًّى وَأَنَّ اللَّهَ بِمَا تَعْمَلُونَ خَبِيرٌ ذَلِكَ بِأَنَّ اللَّهَ هُوَ الْحَقُّ وَأَنَّ مَا يَدْعُونَ مِن دُونِهِ الْبَاطِلُ وَأَنَّ اللَّهَ هُوَ الْعَلِيُّ الْكَبِيرُ 
أَلَمْ تَرَ أَنَّ الْفُلْكَ تَجْرِي فِي الْبَحْرِ بِنِعْمَةِ اللَّهِ لِيُرِيَكُمْ مِنْ آيَاتِهِ إِنَّ فِي ذَلِكَ لَآيَاتٍ لِكُلِّ صَبَّارٍ شَكُورٍ 